Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottage car life. Today, we're going to explore an old cookbook because one of my favorite hobbies is collecting old cookbooks and finding new recipes. And when I say new recipes, I mean recipes that are new to me, not necessarily new, period. I was looking through an older cookbook and I found something that just caught my eye and I want to share it. So, vegans, this is not the episode for you today. So if you skip it, my feelings will not be hurt and this way you don't feel traumatized. But this is a meat-based recipe. So today, open up your big book of stuff, turn to the cooking section, and look up unusual recipes to get your pan out and get started. Because today, we're going to make mock duck. But there's no duck involved. Let's get started. Now, those of you who know me in real life know that I don't eat duck. That is to say, that's not something I eat because I used to have pet ducks. And there's a whole story behind that. But because of how they were harvested and processed, I don't eat them. And there's nothing wrong with eating ducks. I'm not going to judge you for eating ducks. But my ducks were pets. Um, To make it a short story, I'll say this. I grew up with two pet ducks when I was younger. They were given to me by my babysitter's father from a farm. And they were Peking ducks. And I love the Peking ducks because they were just so beautiful to me. And it was a mated pair. And... They were my pride and joy. But we also had dogs, so we had to be very careful because we didn't want the dogs and the ducks to become a tragedy. So the ducks were in a little caged off area and they had a pond and it was just wonderful. Well, what I didn't know is that the neighbors had called and complained. So they complained to the city and I was not given this information till later later in life and that's why I didn't know what was coming so one day I came home and the pond was drained and there were no ducks anywhere and I couldn't figure out what was going on well that day the big black skillet was out and there was sautéed food in the skillet a sautéed bird that had been smothered in gravy. And in the oven was a baked bird. I never imagined that those birds weren't chickens at first until I got a good look at them and put two and two together. And the first thing out of my mouth was, You killed my ducks! You ate my ducks!
Now I have to insert here that the people who raised me, my mom and my daddy, or my mom and dad, are different than my mother and father. I was not raised by my biological parents. I was raised in foster care, or rather kinship guardianship. So they were somehow, in a convoluted fashion, like fictive kinship cousins. But they were older, and they were from farm country. So for them to eat animals that they raised was not a big deal. But I didn't know any better. And one thing you're not supposed to do is raise your um, your domestic livestock and name it and treat it as a pet. I can't even remember their names now. It's been that long ago. I might have been six. I can't remember. And I am now 52. And I have not eaten duck since then. And actually, I can't say I haven't eaten duck ever because I took a bite of a sandwich the next day that I took to school for lunch in the package lunch room. Back in those days, if you brought your lunch, you had a package lunch room and you had to eat in there versus the cafeteria. Well, my dad had packed my lunch and I was about to eat my little chicken sandwich and then I remembered, this can't be chicken. This is duck. And I, I wound up saying, oh no. So I did have it. I did eat the first bite, but then I didn't eat anymore. I went hungry that day. I came home. Daddy, why'd you feed me my duck? He's like, oh girl, go and eat that duck. <laughs> but they do say Taurus is tender hearted. So since then, I really haven't had the heart to eat duck. Maybe one day I'll try it. I don't know, but as of now, that's the only duck I've ever had. So I say all that to say that if for some reason you're under a restriction and can't eat duck, but you miss the taste of duck, which I can't verify those tastes like duck, but I've heard it does, then this might be the recipe for you, and there's no duck involved. And what you're going to use is flank steak. That's right, flank beef steak, because the way that they season it, the way that it's prepared, uh, the way that it tastes is designed, or rather intended, to give you that feeling and that taste of eating duck when duck is not available. And sometimes, even the best hunter can't catch a break. So, if you like duck and you weren't able to get out there this year, maybe this will be a nice substitute for you. And it's also another way to cook flank steak that you might not have thought of. So, let's talk about where this recipe came from. The cookbook I found was from 1918, and the book was called Foods That Will Win the War and How to Cook Them. Remember how long ago 1918 was? Well, that would have been five years after my daddy was born, because he was born in 1913. So, that would have been a recipe his mother may have tried. 
It's possible because he would have been five then. So this recipe book is by C. Houston Gudis and by Alberta M. Gudis. And you can find it on Project Gutenberg. So for this recipe, you're going to need a flank steak, a teaspoon of salt, a teaspoon of pepper, a teaspoon of Worcestershire sauce, a cup of breadcrumbs, a tablespoon of parsley, a tablespoon of onion juice, and I want to make sure you know the parsley should be finely chopped. You're going to need a half of a teaspoon of poultry seasoning, a pint of boiling water, and one-third cup of whole wheat flour. And what I'm going to do is put the ingredients in the description so that you'll have them because me telling you sometimes is hard. Some of us are visual learners and we need to see the recipe or you may not have a pen and pencil. So that'll make it a little bit easier. And now that you have all of your ingredients assembled, you're gonna have to remember what you use because you're gonna need some other things. And those things are some sort of cooking oil. You're going to use either some toothpicks, some half skewers, or some butcher's tie or butcher string, as well as a pan. And it has to have a lid for this recipe to work. you have everything assembled you're going to take the cup of water the pint of water put it to the side you're going to take the flour and put that to the side and there's a reason they will be used later now the rest of your ingredients mix them all up very very well you can mix them by hand or spoon but in my experience it's a little bit easier to mix them by hand. Just keep in mind that for those who are using gloves when you're doing this, use non-powdered gloves. I know it seems like you would know this, but believe me, I've seen some weird things out here. So if you're using gloves to prepare this, make sure they have no powder. Also, if you're using latex gloves, keep in mind that some people are latex sensitive so silicon might be the better way to go but mix all of these ingredients together and completely coat your steak like really rub it in now if some of you the flank steak you might want to tenderize it a tiny bit if the person eating it is older or has no teeth or has dental recovery going on because 
it'll be difficult for them to maybe eat it if you don't cook it for a very long time. And keep in mind, overcooking meat is just as bad as not cooking it long enough. You don't want to overcook your meat because then it's super tough. But I digress. So let's get to the recipe beyond just preparing the seasoning and seasoning the meat. Now that your steak is thoroughly seasoned, you're going to roll your steak up. You heard me, roll up your steak, and then you're gonna secure it. Now, the best way to do it is to use the butcher's string and just tie it. But if you don't have that, you know, not everybody has everything, and that's okay. If you don't have that, you could use toothpicks, but it's gonna be difficult because the toothpicks might not be long enough. Usually they're not, unless you're using those really long uh, cocktail ones. And they should be made of wood. Don't use plastic for this recipe. Uh, but better than that would be skewers, wooden bamboo skewers that you've made shorter. Cut them or break them, but it's better to cut them or clip them off with wire cutters. You know, your household pliers, the regular kind, if you look in that little section below where the grippers are, that's meant for cutting wire. So you can cut the bamboo skewers with that. Soak them for a while and then stick them through and then you've secured your steak roll. Basically it's rolling it like a jelly roll. Then you're going to coat it in flour. That's right. You're not gonna coat it before you've rolled it up. And in this particular case, you're not gonna pat the flour on. You're not gonna sprinkle it on. You're going to roll it in flour. And there's some very good reasons for this. It's because of the way that it's gonna cook and what you're trying to make happen. So roll it in flour till it's thoroughly coated. And then put your oil in your hot pan and you're going to brown it. Now the recipe suggests that you use two tablespoons of fat for this. You could use lard, of course, but not everybody eats pork or not everybody has access to lard. You could definitely use tallow. Some people have beef tallow, some people do not. You can use vegetable oil or you can use vegetable shortening. A little known fact about things like Crisco. No, I'm not endorsed by Crisco. But back in the old days, the shortening was not made of vegetable shortening. It was made from cottonseed oil. That's why sometimes you'll hear older people say that the taste of the food is different. It's because the things that you were using to cook the food in were different. So it's not their imagination. It's true. Okay? So you're going to brown the, the steak roll for all intents and purposes because the steak roll. And then what you're going to do is take that pint of water that you've been reserving. 
you're going to pour it over the steak and put the lid on and cook it that way. And for those of you who are familiar with cooking at home, you'll know that this is braising that steak roll. You're braising it. So you're gonna braise the steak until it's cooked to the desired doneness. So what you're doing is you're cooking it until it's tender. Again, remember, don't want it to be hard. And my imagination is, is engaged here thinking that maybe that rolled steak, uh, the appearance of it is what they're going for when they're saying mock duck, because maybe that reminds you of the, the body of the duck. I've got nothing else. <laughs> but you know what it reminds me of? This recipe reminds me of someone making a chicken fried steak in a way, but not because it's not deep frying it per se or frying it and it's not flat, it's rolled. So it's completely different in that way, but the, the seasoning, the flouring, it's, it's kind of similar, you know what I mean? I wonder if you could add something to make the flavor even more pronounced, like some maybe some sweet marjoram, or, you know, some people call it marjoram, some people call it marjoram. One is correct, one is not. I'm probably saying it incorrectly. I'm human, so I'll look it up later, but I've always called it marjoram. But I know that other people call it marjoram. Don't pick on me! Honestly, you're so picky! But yeah, so it makes me think of chicken fried steak. So I wonder if this might be the precursor to it. You never know. And for history buffs, this was in 1918. So you can imagine what war it was. 